0: you listening to the Wes and Walker Show. I mean, I think it was Baldy, Brian Baldinger. It's Wes Balding about about Fitty. and Walker. Damn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. He threw me an alley right there, Fitty. My bad, man. He threw me an alley right there. Oh, yeah. Say it ain't so. I was like Penny the Shaq right there, man.
0: Myself, Walker, and Fitty for the Michelob Ultra Charlotte Hornets Watch Party at Graham Street Pub and Patio in Uptown Charlotte this Friday, February 9th at 7 p.m. You can hang out with Michelob Ultra and us, Walker and Fitty. You can watch the Hornets face the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll be out there giving away free prizes, plus your chance to win tickets to a future Hornets Home game again. That's all tomorrow, 7 p.m. We'll watch the Hornets take on the Milwaukee Bucks, and we'll have prizes to boot. Big thanks to Micholobe Ultra and Graham Street Pub and Patio. So you can text in, give your thoughts on maybe Wes's memories in the Super Bowl. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Seven zero four said, "I didn't know how deep of a Pats fan Wes is. This hurts." Panther Bow said. <laughs> I'm glad that you didn't have a Panther Super Bowl in here. One of the losses. Um, then you said you almost did have Cam Newton not recovering the
1: ball. Yeah, I did, man. I was going to ask you guys, you know. Here we uh, go. Yep. <laughs> Some of your favorite moments, you know, I was going to ask you was Cam not recovering the fumble or, you know, Cotry not catching the ball. He did or, catch it, though. That's the thing. He did catch it, though. Go K- scratch you yourself. Casey kicking the ball out of bounds. Like, I was going to ask you if, if one of those were. Who
0: is his trolling no. folks trolling no, no none of those Picture me trolling none of those moments are my favorite to be honest I was honest actually with you.
1: a Panthers fan during
0: that Super Bowl yeah what happened man
1: you played the 49ers in the playoffs and Panther fans talked too much trash to me that mm-hmm. week and I didn't even say anything to them
0: was that let's go back in time can we hop in our time machine we can and figure out when it all went wrong to when you decided to go across the country you. for your fans.
1: I got the whole story
0: well let's hear it we got some like story I said
1: time. I was I did not like the Panthers at first because they were beating the 49ers all the time when they went to the NFC West. And you it became a 49er annoying. fan
0: because you just saw a Super Bowl or like No, saw... I
1: watched them play. I liked their unis. I like okay. I can't point to a specific game. I like their unis. I like the way they played. So then when I went to college, everybody I had my roommate was from Louisiana. Uh I, I got across the hall, my teammates across the hall, they were cheering for their hometown team. So I said I'll adopt the Panthers and that was the George Sever year, the year before they got Peppers. And then so I rolled with them pretty tough. They they were my side team with the 49ers. And then, uh, like I said, when, when the playoffs came that season, if you remember, the 49ers had come off a uh, Super Bowl season, the the year with Cap. And the Panthers, you know, they were coming for sure. They had played in the regular season. And that was the game the 49ers had. Vernon Davis was out. And um, oh it was another. Crabtree, I think, was out of that game. And I think Alden Smith didn't play in that game. But uh, it was a very defensive game. And so, Panther yeah. fans, you know, when I'd be in the barber shop, this was pre-pandemic, so my barber wasn't doing appointments. So, you know, you come in the barbershop, it could be eight to ten guys in there. So, you know, guys were going out of their way just talking trash to me and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, I'm not even worried about y'all. Like, I'm worried about the Seahawks. Like, I'm like, I'm not even thinking about the Panthers. I wasn't even trying to. And uh, so when they played in the playoffs, when they came here, you know, when uh, Kaepernick zipped up the Superman and, yep. you know, did all that. And I knew the 49ers were going to win that game. I said, they got the missing pieces back that they had the last game. I said, they're going to win this game. It doesn't take much to get me on the bad side uh, of of a sports team. And so, you know, Panther fans were just going out of their way talking trash to me. Like they were some big bad team with six Super Bowls or something. So I was like, man, get out of here. And then during the game, you know, the tempers just flared up, man. I was just ready to go. You know, when Cam, I never forget when they show, you know, Fox loves those big tight, uh, tight shots of guys in their face. And so he, um, when Cam, I saw him mouth the words, I'm going to get it on the fourth and one. And I remember I I just went off. I was like, you ain't getting bleep. You bleep, 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 bleep. And then when the 49ers stopped him on that fourth and one, I think it was on the goal line. Like I went off. And at that point, I just decided. I said, I can't. I can't do it anymore, man. I can't do this. I said, I got to have one team. And we just got to rock out.
0: All right. That was the story of how <laughs> Wes became not only a hater of the Panthers, but an only fan of San Francisco 49er and maybe even the Pats on the side, as long as Tom Brady was playing for New yeah, England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So we got that soundbite from Wes. Let's go to some other soundbites around the sports world with Josh Fiddy Marlowe here with the live wire. Connect. The east to the west, to the west. up north up to the down
1: south, down.
2: Well, I don't know if the sound I'm going to play is going to make Panther fans any more or less happy with uh, their former head coach, Matt Rule, or with our show host here, Wes Bryant. We'll start with Matt Rule, the former head coach of the Panthers, who has spoken a lot about his time in Carolina in a very odd way since getting fired and resurfacing in Nebraska. And his latest comment... When talking about National Signing Day, is well, he claims he wanted Brock Purdy here when he was with the Panthers? I think Brock Purdy is an amazing player because um, I played against him at Iowa State. When I was in the draft room at Carolina, I, I brought his name up. I said, "Hey guys, he should be on the draft board." I got vetoed on that one. But you um, hmm. can ask Coop. Uh, but I, uh, I think. I mean, we used to tell <laughs> guys when we're playing Brock Purdy. When do not. Do not. Fall for his pump fake, right? Because Brock will come out, hit pump fake, and first game he gets, he's ten yards down the field, pump fakes Our DBs are jumping. I'm like, guys, he's past the line of scrimmage. So, a lot of respect for Brock. <laughs> yeah, hey, I wanted the draft to be <laughs> <laughs> really a man.
0: That's really good, Finny. It's very that good. That was that was very good. That was uh, every bit as good as my Mitch Kupchak impression. That's my favorite one that you've ever given us. Uh, hats off to you. Go ahead. What kind of questions do you have on Matt Rule?
2: I just like Matt, buddy. Shut. Shut up. Like, it, it didn't work here. It's, it, it You were. It was – and look, not all of it was your fault. You had a meddling-ass owner that played as big a role in you failing as as your own stupidity did. But – and like Les said, any chance he gets, he, he has some side comment at, at the Panthers. And it's like, bro, they, they gave you $63 million. They gave you a chance to run an NFL team while you had one year of NFL coaching experience. It's okay. You're back home. You're in a place that loves you and
1: supports you. And you're gonna be fired in four years and go somewhere else. <laughs> just just shut up. I don't know, man. He's doing a pretty good job recruiting up there in Nebraska. Uh getting uh Rayola at quarterback. We'll see how that works out. But he's doing pretty good and we know his college track record is much, much better than it is in the pros, but I agree, man. I mean, he always takes some dig at the Panthers. It's like the ex that sees his ex move on and they're doing good or well, maybe in the exes are doing good. <laughs> not so good, but he just he can't let it go. I mean, <laughs> I get it. I I don't know what question was asked. That's the only thing I can say in his defense. I don't know what was asked. Maybe they asked him something about the Super Bowl, and he said, you know, I wanted Brock Party, you know, in Carolina. So that's the only excuse I'd give him. But other than that, man, he just needs to just let it go.
0: Matt Rule never disappoints and never fails to remind us as to why we didn't like him at the podium in the first place. That man just can't take accountability whatsoever. You guys know who you drafted instead? You drafted a whole bunch of guys that can't even make the roster, okay? And you had roster control as the head coach. Let's just remind everybody what Scott Fitterer said when asked about how the draft room operated. Scott Fitterer, when asked about the misses that they had had in recent draft history, he said, hey, we can't criticize Matt Rule, I was there too. Both of us were in that room together making those picks, and so I'm not going to throw any of these picks on one Matt Rule. When Matt Rule is asked about Brock Purdy, he says he got vetoed and that he wanted him on the draft board. No, he didn't say that he would have selected him, but he said, yeah, we wanted. I wanted Brock Purdy on the draft board, and I got vetoed, and then he's sitting there laughing, saying you can ask Coop. And so here's the other thing. He also throws the Panthers under the bus once more when he says, I tried telling my players, don't fall for the Brock Purdy pump fake, but what did they do? They fell for the Brock Purdy pump fake, and I tried telling them. It wasn't me. I coached him on it. I wanted the guy here, and then when we had to play him, I tried telling everybody what his secret mojo was, but my defensive players just couldn't help themselves. <laughs> it wasn't me. I told them we were ready, we were prepared, but the players weren't, and that's how Brock Purdy beat us. Matt Rule throwing Teddy Bridgewater under the bus when he says, this is why I coach players not to throw the or hold the football over the goal line unless it's fourth down, and we saw Teddy Bridgewater – not exactly be thrilled with the coaching staff that was assembled at Matt Rule. Just like, okay, I'm sure we'll have to do this again in the live wire in the future. I'm sure you're going to say something. Well, look, this Drake May kid. I had eyes up when I was in Charlotte. Remember how I used to coach the Panthers? <laughs> I knew he was going to be the next That's big That's coming thing. next. He was going to be the next big I got to go see him. I got to go see him. Panthers didn't draft him, you know, whatever. But I got to see him at Myers Park, and he was great.
1: Uh, real quick, I was just going to throw in friend of the show, Hunter Bailey. Says on his Twitter at hunter underscore bailey forty five Charlotte is not done per source.
0: Love it, love that they're not done. I always love I love the report that a team is not done more than I love the fact that they're not done because that happens Got all an the time. An hour and a half. It, you see it with the most active teams. You see three trades come through and then a source tells you they're not done and then everybody goes crazy. It's my favorite thing. Uh, favorite thing during deadline day.
2: All right, from one trigger to another former. Panthers quarterback Cam Newton said last week a week and a half ago on his fourth and one podcast that Brock Purdy is not among the ten best players on his team and I've got the foul line ready to go if you want to go there Wes well it is Super Bowl week Radio Row is thriving out there in Vegas and well Cam he he joined the Dan Patrick show said he's not wrong when he talks about the Niners quarterback
0: what advice would you give Brock Purdy this
2: week
1: <laughs> I would tell him, uh, silence the noise. Jump on the football. And just do what he's been doing. I think we have to stop this narrative that I do not like Brock Parody. That's not the case. Can he say his I'm name right? I'm a fan right. of Brock parody, right? parody, Parody. And what he's been able to do has been wowing from a fan as well as a person who's played this game. But I just call it how I see it. And I think what he's been able to do with getting guys the football has been something that we've seen um
0: a lot of people do but not at this level. Okay, but you're doing your job, but then you could understand how it would feel on his end or other people listening that you're you're assessing his his talent or skill set. But he might view it if 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 it's, you know, he's the 10th best player on his team, he is. Okay.
1: And that's not a that's not a that's just the truth. We have to normalize the truth. Yeah.
2: We have to normalize
0: the truth. <laughs> it's a hell of a dismount. It's a great bar from Cam Newton. Did he normalize the truth here, though, Wes? Is he normal? Like, I actually am kind of interested in your take on that. Like, where where does
1: Brock Purdy rank? We don't need to go foul, okay? But... Uh, at this point, man, I'm just ready for the game to come, and I'm ready for Brock to play, because I'm tired of Cam Newton mispronouncing his name. on will type Brock Priority. Like, say it right, dog. Like, seriously, it's annoying. And Cam, for one, as a passer, was never that. And I don't want to hit excuses talking about, oh, he... He didn't have the weapons and all of that because we saw plenty of games where he's throwing the ball high. And, and I respect Cam Newton as a player, but his run at the top was short like leprechauns. Word to Biggie. That just is what it is. And, you know, he never had a two-year run like what Purdy is having right now. So he can say what he wants. He keeps trying to backtrack and try to Cover up the disrespect, but we know in the beginning, at the very beginning, the way in which he said Purdy's name and the way that he decided to place emphasis on him over the other quarterbacks, that he was taking shots. And so I like, uh, you know, the fact that, like you said, he's not top ten, but Cam, you're not top ninety because you're not in the league, so you're not a top ninety quarterback.
0: What? So. A, but on his team, he was the best in the league, though, in the MVP. Like, we'll what a what a year! It, yeah, MVP is it's crazy. I did want to ask I did want to ask you, you. I didn't even hear what you said. I said that's cool. Um, where where does Brock rank? Like, can you give us? one to do it tomorrow. Yeah, but on his team though, is that is that just like
1: foolish and crazy? In my mind, he's a top five player with the way that he's played, with the season that he's had, the numbers that he's put up. Uh, you know, he's driving the bus for the offense. Yeah, I, I'd consider him a top five player on his team.
0: I did want to know what you thought about that, but it is Cam content. The, the thing about Cam that I'll always push back against with this Brock Purdy comment. Uh-huh. I, I told you, I don't think Brock Purdy is a game manager. Like game manager is just trying not to make the mistake. And that's not what Brock Purdy is worried about. Like, yes, there is going to be a lot of easier throws for him, but also he's willing to throw the ball downfield and he's willing to go try to make a play in ways that other San Francisco hmm, quarterbacks were not. see the
1: not, boys out.
0: In a way that other San Francisco quarterbacks <laughs> were not. So like for me, I think Cam Newton didn't mean that as a derogatory comment. And that's the thing that he keeps trying to push back on, right? Like, come on, Cam. You did mean it as a derogatory comment. Yeah. When you were going through all those, all those names and you mentioned Dak Prescott and you mentioned Brock Purdy, I forget the other one, maybe Kirk. I forget what other quarterbacks that he mentioned. But like, you were sitting there saying, and then this is the other thing. This is how I know that you're meaning it as a negative comment. What you mean it is when Brock Purdy has a bad game, or when Dak Prescott has a bad game, and then Cam Newton will put the monocle emoji. Right,
1: exactly. That's beca- what I'm saying. What are you doing? you meant it negatively. Yeah. Like, it's
0: cool. I'm, dude, stand by it. I think Cam Newton is as entertaining as it gets. Post playing, like the dude is very good at the podcast world. Clearly, he's a, a you know hot name to get on whatever your platform is. Like he's fun. Cam Newton is fun in the entertainment industry, but. Cam means this as a negative connotation. That's what he's always meant that. And for him to try to dispute that that's not normalizing the truth.
1: Yeah, let me address the fanboys real quick before we move on. I mean, you guys are here, oh, Cam, Cam, first of all, Cam's a career 59% passer. Purdy's already at 68%, and Cam had one season throwing for this over 30 touchdowns. This is I hate it, though. And I'm just like, saying, he had one do. season throwing for over 30 touchdowns because I see the comments, like, hey, he can't hold Cam's jock strap. Listen, yes, Cam is a dual threat quarterback. Yeah, he was a problem for a few seasons, no doubt about that. But as far as the way he play from the pocket. He's not touching uh, Brock Purdy the way that he's playing right now. So you guys can have fun and, and wave your Cam Newton pom-poms and go put your little number one jerseys on. But at the end of the day They would argue just, that you're doing that for Brock though. That's but, what I'm, they would but, argue. but the thing is though, yeah that's fair. He's the quarterback of my team but I'm also right. providing you with the stats. And the facts and the analysis to back up my claim. I they, also think this takes away from like what Brock
0: does outside of the pocket up? in the second half in this game mm-hmm. against that like it was because of his work out of the pocket that allowed you guys to win that, more so than what he did in the pocket. Right. Which is great because yeah. he's not a game manager.
1: Yeah, my main issue with Cam is just that I expected more from him being a former player. He likes to to flaunt that aspect. No doubt about it. Heisman Trophy winner. He definitely had some great years in this league. I just expected more more from him from a football IQ standpoint because I mean we we gotta do this and I'll say because I know we're up against it but I'm like how many quarterbacks that played on great teams, didn't have great weapons around them. I mean, we talk about Joe Montana. Nobody uses that to detract from him. Joe Montana was a mid-round draft pick, didn't have great arm strength, was physically imposing to no one. He had one of the greatest supporting cast you could ever ask for. And people consider him the greatest or before Brady uh, passed him in the minds of many. So that's all I'm saying. I just expected Cam to be a little bit sharper with his football acumen, knowing that, hey, this offense— wasn't rolling like they are now with this guy and the fact that seeing how he's playing the game how accurate the yards for temp all that stuff man that's all i'm saying with cam i just expected him to be more i think his opinion is very surface level he's yeah, not I'm disappointed he, he's not in mad cam. at you but he's yeah, disappointed, disappointed, disappointed in cam in camp, man so yeah
0: all right there we go more brock purdy on the other side of the break we continue to <laughs> the debate sports radio 92 7 wfnz
1: like that folks we are back slim shady playing in the background this is the Weston walker show 704-570-9610 text line is lively i knew it would come alive when we started talking purdy started talking cam but keep those coming follow us on social media wfnz on twitter and instagram at westbryant underscore 72 at htb underscore josh at walker mail and most importantly at Wesson Walker on Twitter and Instagram or X, whichever you want to go with. So now pivoting off of that, because if I read the text line, we'd be right back on it for a whole nother segment. So we're going to pivot here, still keeping it in the lane of the Carolina Panthers. Will 2023 pay off for Bryce Young in the long run? And so he's had a lot of support from people uh, around the league. And one of his latest supporters has been Peyton Manning. And Peyton had some great comments. I'm sure it was great food for thought for Bryce. But Peyton Manning, the headline of the article by Cassidy Hill of Panthers.com, says that he said that he lived it. Bryce will benefit from his rookie season. We know Peyton Manning's tale. 3-13, 26 touchdowns, 28 interceptions. That record stood almost 25 years, but he talked about how he would benefit uh, from that. He said, quote, his experience is just going to help this year. I know it wasn't easy, but my rookie year was tough. Won three games with 28 picks, but it's better being in struggling than being on the sidelines watching And he said, so I think he will benefit from that, learning the speed of the game, playing at the highest level at Alabama. So he said, it's still an adjustment no matter where you come from. And he said, you figure out what you can do, what you can't, and he'll benefit from that and be better for it. And I thought that was great advice from Peyton Manning. And I just feel like now that everybody has a voice with social media and we can just jump right on during a game, after a game and say what we think that people just forget about that, man, with rookie quarterbacks, especially once you have a couple that break through the mold, come through, put up numbers. People are automatically feeling like every rookie quarterback that comes thereafter should be doing that. And I agree with Peyton Manning, and I've been saying this the whole time. Now, do I feel like that he's going to come out and just destroy the league? We'll see. We'll see how the offseason goes. But that's been my thing, and I know a lot of you out there, too, I've watched a lot of football, seen a lot of rookie quarterbacks that haven't had the greatest years. And then they developed and got much better and turned into studs. And I still think that there's a lot of hope to be held out for Bryce Young. I'm not saying that he was without, uh, didn't deserve any blame for anything that went on. And I'm not saying that he was a perfect player last year by any stretch of the imagination. He was not. But at the end of the day, as Peyton Manning said, there's still an adjustment no matter where you come from. I didn't always see it that way, especially in the preseason. But I thought that that was sage uh, advice from Peyton Manning.
0: Yeah, Peyton Manning is always the guy everybody references if your first-round quarterback has a bunch of interceptions in a rough year. And so Peyton Manning is the exact guy you would want to hear from giving the advice who had the success that he had after a year where he threw for like 35 interceptions. I think it was like 28 to be exact, Mm -hmm. something like that. So Peyton Manning giving this advice for sure. I do think that this is something Bryce can learn from. The good news here, too, is that you move on from a lot of the problems that were in that organization. So you move on from Frank Reich, you move on from Thomas Brown and you just go with a completely different offensive staff, Dave Canales, Brad Idzik, and those guys coming in, now you get to start on a new page, which is going to be great for the young QB.
1: So do you think that if he were to have had a lot of touchdown passes, let's just say he had that kind of rookie year to where he threw a gang of interceptions, but he also threw a lot of touchdowns, would that change perception a little bit? Because I think, too, when people look at it, An 11 to 10 ratio with everything that went on around Bryce. I still think that that's commendable, especially the fact that he only threw 10 picks. It's not like Bryce was in games where he was throwing it 10, 12, 15 times. Bryce threw a lot of passes last year. And for him to only have thrown 10 interceptions with everything going on around him, I think that you can look at that and be like, hey, you know, once they get the requisite pieces around him, he gets into this Canales system. If he can do what he can do with other quarterbacks, I think you see those interceptions stay around that mark. And I feel like the touchdown passes are only going to continue to ascend.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I think for the most part, yes. If you had more touchdowns and even if that came with more interceptions, people would be more happier because I think what happens is you see Bryce Young taking chances down the field and even if that leads to interceptions, then at least it would come with something else on the other side and maybe even just more passing yards, right? They don't even have to be touchdown passes. They can just be more passing yards because you're throwing downfield. You're accumulating a lot more of those because of... The threat that you might have with a streaking DJ Chark or Mingo, Strawn, the one time we saw him in Chicago, whoever. Strawn. So, yeah, maybe. Um, I I th- I think that's probably true. You want to see your QBs take chances more so than what we saw with Bryce. It's just there's a fine line when there's nobody open and you don't have a whole bunch of time. And the scheme isn't designed that way then it's really tough to ask that of your QB. The good news is Dave Canales will take some shots downfield. We saw Baker Mayfield do that a lot while also mixing in the play action while also making sure that his quarterback throws to the line to gain. Uh, Baker Mayfield was one of the best in the NFL at doing that. And so that's why if it doesn't work out with Dave Canales and this offensive staff, that's why I think you have to be looking at Bryce Young in that scenario and saying, yeah, man, We've done you know, three different play callers now, two different staffs in your first two years, and it's still not working. Even if we just need to give you stability, yeah, it's this is the time where you start to worry more so about Bryce than just the situation and environment around him.
1: Yeah, and so now further into the argument, the comment that he said, well, not the argument, but into the conversation of, he also said that it's better to play than sit. And so, you know, we saw Patrick Mahomes, he sat, Jordan Love sat. Uh, there there's always going to be the case for putting your guy in and playing him immediately like a C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson was a guy that was starting immediately and having some success before the injuries got to him or the quarterbacks that we are talking about right now, Mahomes, Jordan Love, uh, all those guys set and then got in and played. And so, I mean, how do you make the decision on whether you want to sit or play the guy for one, do you think that it's better to play than sit? Like if you're Chicago this year or let's just go to Washington cause Chicago's up in the air. They could take a quarterback. They could not. Let's say if you're the commanders and with what we saw from Sam, Howell last season and Fitty, you can jump in on this too, if you like, but let's just say you draft Drake may at number two, we'll take the hometown prospect right there. How would you do you think he should start or sit? And how would you – what what factors would go into that if you're the GM of the commanders? What what factors would go into that whether you decide to play him or sit him?
0: Well, okay, so if we go with the examples of the QBs that have taken a seat, those guys were drafted not in the top five. Yeah, and they had good players in front of them. They had good – court. they were ready to win right now. Both of those teams were getting ready to move on from a good – great even yet still aging quarterback so if you're kansas city and brett veach falls in love with pat mahomes as a prospect and he's banging the table telling everybody in the world we need to trade up for this guy once we move on from alex smith then you make that trade but you're worried more about the future than you are you know right now alex smith can still get the job done carolina couldn't do that this year same thing with green bay you draft jordan love Everybody was really frustrated because why aren't they giving Aaron Rodgers a wide receiver to work with? And hello, it's Aaron Rodgers, right? Like Jordan Love's not going to take that job away from Aaron Rodgers. Bryce Young, even if we saw Andy Dalton play better against Seattle, that's kind of tough in my opinion. I was here for Bryce Young playing. I did entertain the idea of sitting him once it didn't feel like he was getting any better, like three-fourths of the way of the season. And then he showed us Green Bay. And maybe that Packers game was all we needed to see in order to justify continuing to play him. But I have no problem with the Panthers playing Bryce young. I think if we're talking about what quarterbacks need to sit compared to what guys need to be thrown right into the fire, to me, if you have a good offensive line and, or at least something competent, then you roll with them. Like I've always gone to the Rams example. Mm -hmm. They draft Jared Goff number one overall. and, Jared Goff doesn't play right away. They still roll with Case Keenum. That was because they were trying to protect Goff. That offensive line was terrible. Todd Gurley couldn't find any room. And then, hey, what do you know? They helped the offensive line. And Sean McVay comes in. And Todd Gurley has like an MVP type season again. But they didn't start Jared Goff until halfway through that season. Because at that point, everything's changing. And that team just wanted to see him, right? But they didn't start him right away. I didn't expect the offensive line to be this bad. I thought it was going to be one of the bigger strengths of this team. I thought the wide receivers were going to be good enough to help Bryce to where you could get a fair evaluation. And I don't think we got that. And once I realized, oh, this is going to be a consistent thing. We can't get a fair evaluation of him week in and week out. And he's regressing. That's when I entertained sitting him. But you already started them, and so that's weird when you go back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, it you just have to figure out what is the best situation for your young QB, but I don't think there's one right answer.
1: Yeah, I've always been a firm believer in playing the guy, man. I feel like you don't learn uh, – you know, the best way to learn is to play. Now, guys are going to be different. They're going to pick up things at different speeds. Now, and you have different trains of thought, right? If you come into this season – And let's just say you had a crystal ball and you knew that this offensive line was going to be as bad as they were. That may give you some cause to pause because in the situations we're looking at, Jordan Love had an MVP quarterback in front of him. They had a team they felt like they could compete in the NFC. So you let the rookie sit and be seasoned because you can afford to. Same deal when you talk about, um, you know, when you look at Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs were in a situation where Andy Reid was there. You had Alex Smith. And you felt like you had a team that you could get into the playoffs with and make some noise. So, yeah, you're going to let the rookie be seasoned and sit on the sidelines. And those situations, okay, because you have a, if you have a team that has the luxury to be able to do that, maybe you got a veteran quarterback that you know is good, but you want somebody else and so you know he's going to be on his way out and you got a team that can compete right now, then, yeah, that's the only scenario for me that says sit a guy. But other than that, if I'm the commanders, I draft Jake May. I want him to be the guy from day one. I want him to come in and play immediately because I think the only way he's going to really learn in this game, because I'm going to have the confidence if I'm the GM that I'm going to continue to put pieces around him. I need to see how the pieces that I already have are playing with my guy. So I know what to tweak, what could be changed here, what could be changed there. So that's my school of thought. But you've chimed chimed in on this topic before. What say you with Manning's comments and then some of the examples that we've given? How would you play it if you were GM of the commander?
2: i I, I honestly I don't know. i I grew up thinking if I'm going to spend a top flight draft pick on a quarterback, by God, I'm going to play him and see what he's made of. But I also think if you're if you're not built to put in a rookie quarterback where you can protect him and he's supplemented with weapons, you have a chance to ruin him. And so I think I think Washington's in a unique position because they've got a good, you know, wide receiver and running back room to where whether it's Drake, Jaden Daniels, whoever that guy is, you can plug them in and play them. I do think we look at this situation here around uh, Carolina, around Bryce Young. If it doesn't work out and Bryce isn't the guy, you can look at the first year being being the reason why, because you didn't have enough weapons. You couldn't block for him. You had a coaching staff that didn't value teaching him how to play the the, the position mechanically, and um, so I, I think it, it just varies. But if you if you don't have weapons and you don't got a line, I would not I would not put him out there right away. I would let him sit for a
1: year or two. One question I pose to the group into the text line because we do hear the phrase a lot: "You'll ruin him," and it's not an indictment against you, Fitty. You brought up great points. Thank but you. how many guys can we really point to outside of car? that we're like, yo, this guy got ruined because the situation he was in, he took too many hits. And I'm not saying that Carr's the only outlier, but how many guys that we felt like that were drafted highly, that we felt like were truly ruined by this situation. Now, one guy I could maybe bring up as an example, I mean, Zach Wilson from the Jets, if you want to go to that. But then we've seen plenty of instances where he does have the requisite time, he does have weapons, and he's still not able to do this thing. Because who's to say? that even if David Carr did have a good offensive line and did have some decent receivers, that he was going to turn out to be what we thought he was going to be. We had this question. If
0: if you don't think that a quarterback can get ruined, then you just play him and you don't worry about anything else. But if you do, then it looks like the offensive line allowing pressure constantly and you really can't evaluate what your quarterback does well. That's what it is. I think the other quarterbacks you're asking about – One guy that comes to mind that is playing well now, what about Geno Smith? Was Geno Smith not ruined because he's playing better now, but in that situation, it took him a long time to get another shot and almost didn't get it because they traded for Drew Locke, who we all thought was going to get that starting nod over Mm -hmm. Geno, but Geno was actually balling. Okay. Like this is something where I look back at what did the Jets have for Geno Smith when he steps in? I don't remember that team extremely well, but, man, I'm having a hard time coming up with wide receivers that he was throwing to, trying to go back yeah, to Yeah, they
1: my... weren't very good. Because so, he was a second-rounder, too, though.
0: yeah, I mean, that, still. well, Yeah, no, for sure. But Gino was, I believe, thrust into a situation mm-hmm, right away. Mm-hmm. And trying to think of some of the other guys, it, it's harder at the top of the dome, but you're right. Like, those are a couple of quarterbacks that come to mind, and they dem- never got a fair shot. Like, at least at the beginning. And so, that that's my opinion. So, and if that's the case, then why would you sit him, right? If if Jordan Love and um, whoever else plays, or Pat Mahomes, if they can't get ruined, then you would play those guys, right? At least if you didn't have the QB in front of them like you did with Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers. So, I, if you're wanting to sit some of these QBs, then it all has to be about the guy in front of you if you don't think they can be ruined.
1: Yeah, because I just, you know, I think about the fact that, you know, when you fire off those guys who didn't make it, it's like, how many of them did we really think could play like that in the beginning? Like, how many of them showed us like, yo, if you just give this guy what he needs, he's going to be a dominant player. And so that's that's the question, too, that comes to mind. I, I think it does play into it because we talk about a lot how confidence is everything in sports, no matter what it is. But I'm just saying that you know how many of the guys because I just feel like Carr is the number one guy that gets pointed to, and I've done it too. I've, I've I can say yeah. I'm guilty of that too. Bringing up Carr, and saying well, you don't want him to be like Carr, you don't want him to be like Carr, but I'm like, how many quarterbacks in the history of this league? Did we see get drafted that we felt were truly ruined that were going to be stars had you put the right guys around them? What about Arden Arch-
2: Manziel? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wreck the league, yeah, baby.
1: Yeah. Wreck the league. If he, yeah, it, it wasn't the
0: not studying at all and not working out and continuing to drink, it was the offensive line issues there. I would put, um, man, I just had his name up well, here. Well,
1: real quick, I see 704 number says Joey Harrington, Tim Couch, Josh Rosen, and Ryan Leaf. None of those guys. Ryan Leaf would tell you to your faith. I thought he wasn't ready. Yeah, he wasn't ready. Josh Rosen, I was a fan of his coming out of high school. I thought he was a big-time prospect. But once he got to the pros, you could see he couldn't play. And I love Tim Couch, too, but same thing. You could see Harrington Couch, all these guys, you could see that they couldn't play. What about Darnold?
2: Yes. Yeah, he can't play.
1: I never thought, I never thought Darnold coming into the league, like he's he's a backup. That's what he is to me. I never thought when he came into the league, because to me, he turned the ball over too much at USC. I was never a believer in him coming into you the see, league.
0: Do you see some of these guys, though, that hit actually turn the ball over a decent amount in college just because they're slinging it and yeah. they're also throwing the ball a lot? Like My I mom's. thought, I thought maybe Sam Darnold could be that, but he was ruined and he was doing the whole seeing ghost thing. Another guy I put out there is RG3. Some of that was <laughs> just style of play, but also. RG3, how good was his offensive line? Was it
1: just – I mean, he – They were decent. I mean, they went to the playoffs. Won six six straight games to get there.
0: No, I know. But then he got injured. Like, how much of that was just the coaching staff and him – not getting down. Yeah, that was what that was. But also, he was not thrilled with Jay Gruden's coaching of him.
1: Yeah, he was not. We know that, <laughs> we <laughs> we know we'll that for that sure. Out. That that was well documented, man. So, great conversation. We'll get uh, more and more into that. Go ahead. Well,
0: the only other thing is, too, like, I see some people bringing up Andrew Luck. He certainly wasn't ruined. Yeah, I think he wasn't Andrew, ruined. But, but also, he was health-wise. Yeah. <laughs> like Andrew Luck. Lacerated spleen. Because Ryan Grigson thought, yeah, let's draft Philip Dorsett instead of an offensive lineman. Let's go after you know old Andre Johnson and, Naffler, and what are y'all talking about? And so those are some of the like Andrew Luck was his career ended early because Grigson already did enough damage not investing in the offensive line. And by the time the O-line got fixed, Andrew Luck's kidney was already lacerated.
1: Yeah, my man Cacolac said Matt Liner. Matt Liner couldn't play. And I was a big fan of Matt Liner, man. But I thought he had a chance to be good. All right, folks. Well, when we come back, maybe we'll get a little more into this. But we're going to close this thing down on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken.
0: We have breaking news, folks. It's a big one. The Spurs are trading Doug McDermott to the Pacers. Sources tell ESPN he's back. McBuckets. Speaking of guys that destroyed the Charlotte Hornets, McBuckets went for like 13 points in the first quarter of the play-in game. They got stomped in, and Doug McDermott is going back to Indy.
1: Is Pat Beverly? Is he going to Milwaukee? Oh yeah! Hit Again. It. Again.
0: Oh wow! Breaking news. <laughs> The 76ers are trading Patrick Beverly to the Milwaukee Bucks. Sources tell ESPN, according to Adrian Wojnarowski.
1: Let's go, man. Big news dropping at the end of the show. I mean, it's nothing like it. And then also, too, Walker, we talked about coming back in. Future sites for the ACC men's basketball tournament have been announced for the last, for the next five seasons. The first three, 25, 26, 28. Oh, excuse me. It's going to rotate a little bit. Are going to be in the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, 27 and 29 are going to be in G burl So that's some uh, great news too for ACC traditionalists like myself and Josh Fitty Marlowe.
0: Yep, going back t- back and forth. Uh breaking news hit the sounder Fitty. We have more. Where's the sounder? <laughs> oh, <man>! oh! Wow. <laughs> 58 seconds ago. Adrian Wojnarowski reports the Atlanta Hawks are keeping guard. Deshante Murray, sources
1: mm. tell ESPN, no
0: trade for Deshante
1: Murray. I know him or Trey uh, Trey Young because he was looking like he could be going somewhere too. I thought maybe he'd end up in uh, L.A. He's just going to a grown-up Gerber commercial. Yeah, he is.
0: I think he looks like a baby. The he hair is like, what you're saying. He looks like
2: the Gerber baby.
0: He does. There is a little bit of that going on. So now we just had three breaking news sound bites for you. Because we are at the deadline right now. And the Charlotte Hornets, they did a good job today. Kudos to the Charlotte Hornets for actually making some moves. They traded P.J. Washington to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for Seth Curry, Grant Williams, and a 2027 first-round pick that is lightly protected. Did you see the information on top two protection in Woj's article, Fiddy? Is that where you saw it?
2: He just put it in a tweet okay. that it was just going to be a top two protected uh Draft pick, which means that draft pick is about as protected as my DMs.
0: You're saying they're open for business. They are. Okay.
2: Valentine's so, is less than a week, baby. You gotta get on it.
0: There you go, ladies. Fiddy is open for some fresh DMs if you want to get at him.
1: Is he? I don't know if you want to say that on on air. Hey, gotta make moves. <laughs> hey,
0: what's <laughs> up? Hey, how you doing? Uh, Seven hundred four says Walker got a little Jim Rome going on. I do love. If we're going to do impressions, I do love a good Jim Rome impression.
1: Oh, hang on. You can do that.
0: All right. Are you going to get the sound bite or like the the background noise? I've got a smoke Jim Rome impression. Okay. All right. I'll battle. We'll have battling Jim Rome's here. If 704 says Walker has a Jim Rome thing going on, I love the cadence of his updates because you never know when he's going to end it. That's what I love about mm. Jim Rome as much as anything. And so we can battle that in just a moment. But I do think the Charlotte Hornets won today with PJ Washington's trade. And even Gordon Hayward, when we first broke, not broke the news, but when we first hopped on the mic, it was Trey Mann and Davies Bertans coming back. And then we realized that two other second-round picks were coming our way. What do you think about the Hornets and how they operate?
1: Yeah, man, I love it, especially the deal for PJ. I've been saying for a while that this team needs to shake up that locker room, shake up the dynamic, not so happy about Miles potentially staying around. But other than that, as far as what they've done to this locker room, the infusion, of uh, veteran experience that they're bringing in. Uh, I'm a fan of it as well. And also, too, as we've been talking about getting the first-round pick and they're going to get draft compensation from the OKC deal. So I think they did themselves a great, great service today.
0: It's wild to see it only top two protected. Like that, I would have – I mean, that's crazy. That's – you know, I like, PJ, I keep saying that with every time I say how much I like this trade, but it's true. to get back a top two protected deal, I did not think that was going to happen. So impressive stuff from the Charlotte Hornets and Mitch Kupchak holding the Dallas Mavericks feet to the fire. They got desperate because they want to compete. And that's what you do to teams that want to contend. And the Hornets, this is the beauty of only having 10 wins on the season. There's no pressure. (laughs) There is next off season. You need to figure this thing out, but there's no pressure as far as, oh, we got to contend this year. Hey, if you don't want PJ, that's cool. He's on a tradable contract. So we'll just hold on to him again, and then we can trade him that time. All right, let's hear Smoke's Jim Rome impression. Fitty, what you got?
1: What's up, Jim Rome? Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> what? What's up, Jim Rome?
0: <laughs> smoke. I can see a little bit. Smoke has some surprisingly good impressions too. I don't know about that one. Hey y'all, how are you and him? I need to hear the Jim Rome impression one more time from Smokey. <laughs> What's up, Jim Rome? I don't. I love it, but I don't know how good it is. There's All right.
2: just too much smoke.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this, my, my it's more cadence-based than it is voice. But the Jim Rome thing for me is P.J. Washington getting traded to the Dallas Mavericks. Are you kidding me? He doesn't even run back on defense. John Hollinger it. said there's 92 clips of this. Come on, P.J.
1: Washington. I'm Jim Rome. Get in the jungle. <laughs> that <laughs> was good. I closed my eyes and I said, can I hear it? Yes, I can. That was phenomenal. Miles Bridges saying
0: he's vetoing every single trade. Get out of here, Miles. You don't deserve to be on the roster after what happened off the court. We would trade you for two second-round picks if we could, but you can't. Rich
1: Paul <laughs> runs the NBA and LeBron, the le GM. He did. I'm Jim Rome. He did, and that's exactly what that was too, man. And I can't wait. Can't All right, wait man. What? what happened? Did you man, just- get rid of? Clutch nonsense. Okay, I I know they're gonna be here, but God, man, I mean,
2: if only he was clutch like clutch off the court.
0: Mm, Burn! Take that, Miles. All right. Are we good here? Yeah. Are we done? Any more thoughts? That'll nah. do it. Sean no, man. Hornets. That's Live Thursday. Day. Great. Honestly, Mitch Kupchak. Can we get a round of applause? It's been a long, 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 long time. I don't think he's ever won a trade deadline day as I a mean, member I mean, can you the believe Hornets. the Hornets
1: will actually be talked about on NBA shows for the next couple of days? How about that?
0: Already. Already being talked about. Zach Lowe saying it was an incredible trade. Or the Thunder getting Gordon Hayward. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Of course, that's how it is. Thanks for listening to us on Weston Walker, Sports Radio (laughs) 92.7 WFNZ. The Hornets win the day. Are you kidding me? Keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig. I'm Walker Mayo. Ho, ho, ho.
1: Well, everything that we, you know, every answer they got, we got to every, every question.